0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy.
1: And I'm Val.
0: Now, this episode will be coming out the week after the Oscars, so not just the day after the Oscars, but we are recording it beforehand. So to give you the feeling like we didn't record it beforehand, we will just say, can you believe that that show did or did not win that should or should not have won that particular award? Because it blew my mind. <laughs> it's
2: like the uh, the comedy skits that they'll do on like late night where they'll be like, can you believe? And then somebody's like, Everything everywhere, all at once, you know, and it's obviously yeah, <laughs> one. Oh, my word!
0: <laughs> yeah, if Fable if, won the movie. Yeah, if our video editor were just a little bit more talented, we would do something like that if, to do some kind of video I, don't think, I, I don't think
1: our video editor isn't talented, I think our video editor has other things to do.
0: Yes yeah that's probably fair we specifically do this format
1: so that we don't have to edit anything this is true it's unfiltered
0: yeah you get us unfiltered straight from the source uh if that's good bad ugly (laughs) whatever we just give it to you all (laughs) raw is
1: this going to be is that what our our late night um sessions are going to be now Movies that make us us (laughs) wrong. We need to do something with that. Sorry, my chair is all—it's like stuck on. You know the when you have a rug, Uh and like I'm stuck on the lip of the rug. Okay, I'm good now. I'm good. Everything's fine. And that's what
0: we're talking about, folks. Those are the moments (laughs) that another more professional podcast would have edited out, but not us.
1: It It is in the
0: show. We are raw. That's the kind of raw coverage you're not going to get anywhere else.
1: I'm going to need a movies that Thicky make a chairs. raw shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I do it, I'm going to have to like rip off the WWE logo oh, from I Monday Night Raw or something. Nothing less. Okay, okay. I'll see do what we it. can make come up it with.
1: Happen. I'll pay yeah, for
0: it. Yeah, I'd be disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> we'll see if we can get them for our next event, which hopefully we'll have one of those coming up soon. So. Yeah. We got some um, exciting
2: stuff coming up on the on the calendar.
0: Yeah, we still have to raise a bunch of money for mm-hmm. charity so that we mm-hmm. can go run a race or else they won't let us run. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Which is going to be exciting. I'm excited yes. to do that. Yep. Get that's to run through all the Disneyland
2: parks comes. before it opens.
0: Yeah, if you but you all the rides not. are closed, right?
2: Yes. So yeah, but, no, that, but it's really
1: cool. And I... Honestly, if you're not a um, member of our Patreon uh, yet, we're also going to have, and this is um, news to the guys, but we're going to do this. We're (laughs) going to have a little behind the scenes from our running in Disneyland for Patreon only. Um, You'll get to see um, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that we do to get ready. Maybe some squats, maybe some lunges, maybe me trying not to throw up when we're like 20 minutes in and there's Tinkerbell (laughs) and then... Tracy's going for the photo, but I fall. I don't know. There's going to be fun. We know there's There's going to be shenanigans. Shenanigans (laughs) will happen. Shenanigans (laughs) are going to happen. And you, if you subscribe to our Patreon, will get to be in on the shenanigans.
2: I like that idea. I'm totally down with that. And if we're Patreon, maybe we'll bring you back like a Disney pin or something. Or a churro. I mean, I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just <laughs> stick yeah. down. The they sure are they're gonna get a pin yeah wow. i was thinking All that right. we
1: should make we ran a 10k movies that make us stickers that we like I, give
2: out to people i would be down with that
0: we'll we'll I'd figure out some film festival yeah <laughs> get, film we'll get it we'll get some stickers that we could do that are exclusive our patreon supporters and we could do we could even get some enamel pins made that are exclusive movies that make us enamel pins now you're speaking our language (laughs) all right
2: sammy i think
1: sammy felt that in the universe and she's gonna message me and be like so you need help with pins
0: yeah eliza poked her head in when i said pins and said what pins she didn't but she would have um that seriously folks this is the kind of raw experience you get on movies that make us sometimes <laughs> we do an episode where we talk about a movie and sometimes we do an episode that's a planning session for what we're doing this year you never but know And sometimes it's a little bit of both
1: talk about the movie this time because it's tracy's birthday
0: what? so tracy got
1: to pick a movie what? now this is if you're new to it, hanging out with us right well you like you're not welcome you watching, watching you're hanging like you're hanging, hanging yeah. out right Chilling.
2: Tracy like is
1: like a super fun guy, super mm-hmm. nice, so helpful, so thoughtful, like one of the uh-huh. best humans I think I've oh. ever met.
0: This Can sense is gonna have the biggest fun movie I've for ever us heard. to watch. Yeah. No. If you have not before we get into the movie, <laughs> if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do that now. Um, because we would love to have you as a subscriber and please share this with your friends uh, because there's not a lot of other places you can go to get some phenomenal coverage of the fountain
2: and cat butt
0: and cat cat butt. butt. Yeah. Yeah. Hi bud. The show, this episode of, let me, let me tell you guys what's happening here. This is the third episode we've recorded in a (laughs) row. So if we seem a bit loopy, that's and and we're talking about the fountain. So if we yes. seem a bit loopy, so that may be. So I kinda Tracy, still... tell us why we watch this movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so uh, we we often talk about very fun movies, right? Right. We, we just did a whole run of James Bond. We just did a whole run of Creed. And there's another side to all of us, as as mm-hmm. with all of us, there's a more serious side, and and this is these are the movies that make us and this is one that when i saw really affected me and every time i see it i get something different out of it and it's something that i've been dealing with a lot and we'll get into um as we as we discuss it but a lot of times we joke about sharknado and i'm i'm big for dumb silly disaster movies i love the Shazam i love the marvel stuff but i really this is such a beautifully shot, and and the story behind it and the making of it um, is just is just so good. And this is a movie. If you haven't seen it, um, hopefully this this conversation might inspire you to go check it out. It's Darren Aronofsky, um, mm-hmm. who you might know from uh, like Noah. He did Mother. Um, the uh, he did Pie, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Uh, he just Life did of Whale. Pie? Uh, I think it's just Pie. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is, like, I think, his first movie, I okay. want to say. Um, he just directed The Whale with Brendan Fraser. Um, speaking of oh, Academy Award, it's not his so best. All I don't know that I'd throw hits.
1: that one in there. I
2: wouldn't either, but I'm just saying that's where you may have heard of him. Yeah.
0: Um, you can get you can get that in a box set called The Feel Good Hits of Aaron Aronofsky <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Darren Aronofsky. Darren like, yeah.
2: Aronofsky. The Wrestler. The Wrestlers are actually kind of- I a, really
0: like The Wrestler, by the yeah. way. That That's either.
1: a good movie. This um, is the thing about your pick. is I feel like um, <laughs> it's one of those movies that you either feel so strongly about because yeah. you connected to it or you didn't quite get it and you need some direction, and, which I think yeah. this is why this is a good conversation because I this is the third time I've seen this movie. It's been a while since mm-hmm. I watched it. Um, and so I don't need much direction. But then Dave is like, what the heck is happening? Right. Right. Mm. Who's making you watch this? That's what he said.
2: Um, <laughs> this is the same guy that went to <laughs> <a> cocaine bear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I think who's making one of those, you watch because... this. and Do
0: I need to beat them up?
1: It's a very very A24 movie before A24 existed. A24 did not exist when this movie came out, but you know with A24 that you're going to get something that is very outside the box. You're going to get something that makes you feel uncomfortable, um, but in a way that should cause a conversation to happen. Um, And A24 is either a huge hit for me or a huge miss for me. Absolutely. Um, and this movie is so conceptual, mm-hmm. um, that I can see how some people, ju- it, they just won't get it. And it's not that they're not smart. It's just, right. it's so different for your, not only visually to take in, but for your mind to yeah, take so,
2: in. So let's look for those that haven't seen it. And I'm guessing not probably a lot of you have not. Um, this is a story told in three parts. Um, it's got Hugh Jackman. It's got Rachel Weiss, And we have three different timelines and three different stories. And the first one is a conquistador um, sent by the Queen of Spain. The Spanish Inquisition is happening. She sends him to find that there's a priest who said that he has found the tree of life in in the jungles of South South America. And mm-hmm. the, the Grand Inquisitor is trying to take over um, the Queen's territory. She's trying to hold him off. Um, she is being seen as a heretic because she wants a mortal life. Um, she sends him as the conquistador to go find proof of that. So that's the first storyline. Second mm-hmm. storyline is also Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weiss, set in the modern day. Um, he is a cancer researcher. He is doing research on monkeys to try and find a cure for cancer. Rachel Weiss is having cancer and is dealing with cancer um, and he's trying to find a cure for her, and is desperate to do so because he cares for her so much. Then we have a third storyline, which is set in the far future, where he is a cosmonaut traveling through time and space with the tree of Life towards a dying star in the thoughts that when that star dies, it will be reborn and the tree of Life will be reborn as well. And so basically, If that doesn't sell you on the movie, I don't know what will.
0: Like, (laughs) yeah. Here's everything you said makes the movie sound really interesting. Here's where I think (laughs) I struggled with it a little bit. No, I'm being serious. What's that? You watched it on your phone, so that's well, I I did, and and we can talk about. So here's here's when I watched it, folks. I watched it late at night when the power was out, so our house was pitch black. I was the only one awake on my little phone because that was the only way I could watch it at that point. And it was dark. And the movie's already, like, visually dark, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it just felt really dark and it's isolated anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I, I fully recognize that. But, but here's my concern with how you just described the movie because what you left out of your description is the fact – that although these are three distinct timelines, they are all happening at the same time in the movie. And you're switching back and forth between the three. Um, And I'm still confused, and you can help clear this up for me. I'm still confused on the Conquistador storyline. Is that actually something that happened, and supposedly that was him and her in the past, or is that her manuscript? Because that's where it's kind of referred to as in her manuscript, and she's telling him to finish the story which he thought, finally does in the future as a cosmonaut, which I didn't realize he was a cosmonaut. I thought he was just a dude floating in a bubble in space. Mm. I didn't know what the connection so, was there.
2: It's it's metaphorical. So, and it's okay. open for interpretation. And Aronofsky has okay. said that he doesn't want to give a definitive answer. But the thing that's that all three of these stories are dealing with is the idea of trying to overcome death. Right. And every single time he's, he's fighting against death and that's a losing battle. And mm-hmm. so the, the I have a friend who's a former Buddhist monk, who's also a former Marine, very interesting dude, love him to death. And he told me that one of the key tenets of Buddhism, and it's something that I'm trying to, to deal with and think of more is, is that once you realize that the world is entropy, which is the world, everything around you is breaking down and everything is coming to an end. And once you understand that, then that allows you to be reborn and live in a new way. And I think that's a lot of what this movie is is getting at. And so you have these three stories that are being intertwined and they Mm -hmm. are being repetitive. And you have lines that are said in the Conquistador story that are then said in the Cancer story. There's lines in the Cancer story that are said in the Spaceman story. And so, all of these are about learning how to accept that death is coming, but death brings new life as well. Um, there's, there's, there's a s- several reasons. So, I, I originally saw this in the in the theater when it came out, and it was back in like 2006. So, uh, I'm a very different person now than I was back then. But the scene where he finds out that that her cancer is there. And he, he walks outside and everything is silent. And mm-hmm. I love how visually all this stuff is happening. He's in New York, or it appears to be New York. Um, there's construction going on. There's the shower of sparks coming down off the building because somebody's obviously grinding. There's traffic. And it's just silent until he almost gets hit by a car. And then all of a sudden the sound pops back in. And mm-hmm. when Lisa was diagnosed with cancer, that's the scene that I thought of because that's how you feel. It's like the world just kind of goes silent. And I didn't talk to you guys about this and I haven't discussed it much publicly, but we had a scare the last couple weeks in that she got in for her mammogram as she does multiple times a year now. Um, and they said, there's something suspicious that we need to take a look at. So she had to go back in and it was in the same spot and about the same size as the tumor was when we caught it the last time. And so they did a mammogram and "Eh, we can't tell what this is. And then they did an ultrasound and we still can't tell what this is. And so then they had to do a biopsy and luckily the biopsy came back, fibrous tissues, necrotic tissue, everything's fine. Cancer's not there. Everything's good, but it was like for a week, I was just in knots and I can't even imagine right. what, what she was going through. Um, but you know, it's, it's just like, and then this is really March is just a weird, difficult time for me now. Um, and this mm-hmm. is is coming out on my birthday and this is such a weird thing for a birthday episode, but it's something, um, so this is today. Well, actually tomorrow will be the five-year anniversary of my mom passing, and we actually had the funeral on my birthday because it was the only decent weather day that week. And so this will actually be coming out on the day that we had to, to let my mom go and have the funeral. And I've talked before a little bit about how there's this midlife crisis kind of going on. and I'm, And I've always feared death, like ever since I was a teenager, like I was such a different person. Back in my high school days, you guys wouldn't even like recognize me. I was like the quiet kid who wrote like death poetry, right? And so like, so I've spent a lot of my life trying to accept that this is going to happen. And how do I live my life in such a way that I'm living every moment as best I can? Like there are some things where we have to go to work. We have to go to the grocery store. we got to do laundry, stuff like that. So not every moment of every day of every day of your life is like, yeah, let's let's we're doing something exciting and unusual, you know. But I try and do things um, so that at the end I can feel. And I think a lot, Jake, about Neil Peart's "The Garden," um, mm-hmm. the song by Rush, and he was the lyricist. And about how the at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is how we treated each other and what right. we did for each other. And that to me is a lot of what this film deals with. Is he's trying to save her and and save the tree and he's always trying to save something instead of accepting that this is what is going to happen and he's not living the moment like she a couple times says to him let's go for a walk it's the first snowfall and he's like no i need to work on this i'm trying to find a cure for you and so right. he's so busy trying to save her life that he's not living life with her as much as he could and i think yeah. that there's just a lot in there um that and it's a heavy movie it really is but it's something that i feel like um that we don't discuss in movies like often we don't discuss death which i i totally get it's not a megaplex theater you know come on in and it's not going to
0: fill the th- the theater up it's no. not going to
2: fill the theater but i think that it's something that we and and we as a western society tend not to talk about you know yeah. um and and just the i think some of the imagery and so Sorry, I'm I'm kind of dominating here for a bit, but it's like man. there are some there are some shots in this movie that are so freaking gorgeous and mm-hmm. that are almost iconic. Like if even if you haven't seen the movie, you've probably seen the shot where it's him traveling upwards, and you have these streaks down below him, and you right. have the, the the bubble with the tree, and they made all those special effects in a petri dish. Wow. Like this isn't computer generated. They took like they would shoot at some of the stuff that shoot at six frames a second Uh and other stuff they're shooting at 2000 frames a second. And they're doing yeast and curry powder and all these different things causing reactions. And then they would put that into the computer and distort them and warp them. And that became the outer space. And they liked the idea of having it be, well, A, it was for budget, but B, it was for having something organic and having something that was microscopic filling in for the bigger picture in a lot of ways.
0: This has been a really interesting moment as I've been listening to you talk about it, about this movie, um, because um, we have had the opportunity over the last couple of weeks to talk about movies that mean a lot to members of our team for different reasons. Val, when you broke down Creed 2 and why you were so passionate about that movie and why it mattered to you and now Tracy listening to you talk about this, like I don't have that same connection with the fountain um, that you do. And so for me, I was thinking of it from a very uh, outsider point of view and what my thoughts were on it. This is what I love about film and what I love about these movies that we talk about is now I've heard your perspective on it and it makes me want to go sit down and watch the movie again with that perspective and that on a bigger thought. screen on a bigger screen, not alone in the dark, um,
1: <laughs> but, I mean, but, I think alone in the dark is fine Just, dark, you know, yeah, on
0: right. a bigger screen, bigger screen will help. But, yeah. But I think, yeah, I, but all that aside, like it makes me want to go watch the movie again to experience it with, with your perspective a little bit more um, because I think I would appreciate it more. And that's oh. what I love it. That's what makes art yeah. so amazing is because when you when you talk to other people about it and you get their impressions it gives you a whole new outlook and a whole new perspective on something um and those are i just love those kinds of conversations and so i'm more excited about this film now having heard you share stuff it's it's one that definitely needs repeat
2: viewings like the first time i saw it i was like okay i get it but but i find something different each time and i find the fast the, the 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 um The background of the film just is fascinating. So originally, um, this was going to have Kate Blanchett, which we
0: talked about last week a little bit, or in our Patreon episode. Was Um, it not amazing when she slapped Michelle Yeoh (laughs) on the Oscars? Incredible. We called it. We called it here first.
2: Everybody's like, you know what? The Will Smith one was fake, but this one was real. And I'm like, no, this one was staged. Come on, you guys. You know? Yeah. We're all um, marks. But originally this was this was going to have Kate Blanchett and Brad Pitt. Um which he kind of did a, a similar movie um Yeah, that was the uh, first
1: movie I took Dave to and he was like, I don't know. <laughs>
2: that Brad <laughs> Pitt that in saying, space
1: but... Eros something it didn't make sense. Oh, that,
2: this was even a different one. It's um, Oh. Yeah, it's another tree of life type. Oh, yeah, yes. there, I it, know it, what it, you're it. thinking. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up while you're talking about it right. and I'm gonna tell you what um, it was. But originally the budget was 70 million dollars and they went ahead and they started building sets in Australia and they had they built a five-story Mayan temple and was ready to go and Brad Pitt had um, creative differences with Darren Aronofsky and Brad Pitt said I'm not gonna do it and he pulled out like seven weeks before shooting. oh God which that's like you're that's crunch time. Yeah. You know you're ready. You you've hired people, you've got sets built, you've got costumes, you've got everything ready to go pretty much. Calling now you you're in you. And uh and so they shut down the film um to recoup some of the money they had to auction stuff off and oh, no. disabled or dismantled the the set that they built. Do you have the movie?
0: I I do and we're all going to feel really silly when I say the name because it's called The Tree of Life. Okay. <laughs> Here's another one that was about the tree of life, but I can't remember the day. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. We're
0: awesome. So, so
2: this movie, so originally he thought of this movie when his parents, both of his parents got diagnosed with cancer and they, they survived, but this was right when they had um, been diagnosed. And so he started thinking about it and building it. Then he got the production deal. They had Brad Pitt. Everything was ready to go. Brad Pitt drops out. The movie goes into limbo and he ends up he thinks this movie's never going to be made and he ends up taking the the shooting the script and just kind of slimming it down and takes all the storyboards and all the pre-production work and gives it over to vertigo comics and they actually make a graphic novel because he's like this is as close as I'm ever going to get to make this movie and then as they're publishing that graphic novel he gets the word that if he can trim down the budget to 35 million then um Hugh Jackman will join and Hugh Jackman will take a huge pay cut in order to to join the movie this is before Hugh Jackman was, was Hugh, Jackman. Hugh Jackman like he was still well known but he was Yeah but
1: not the box not. office
2: yeah no and yeah. Uh, and so then he was trying to find his his uh, Isabel and Hugh Jackman was like cast Rachel Weisz and Darren Aronofsky was dating her at the time and he's like I don't want to do that and he's like no you need to cast her And he, and Darren Aronofsky is like, I just, I don't want favoritism. It's going to be weird. And it's, I just don't want to do that. And Hugh Jackman kept pressuring him into it until he finally did. And I think that she's a very underrated actress, in my opinion. I think she she was
1: really great in this. And I, I don't want to take away from your story at all. Um, But I hadn't. So this movie came out the year after my mom passed. Mm -hmm. So the first time I watched it, I was just numb. Yeah. And then I just watched it again on her birthday was mm. last week. And so I'm sitting there and mm-hmm. I remember my mom in her little hat and she was so tiny, you know, cause she was going through cancer treatment and you just sit there. I was so frustrated with Hugh Jackman's character the whole time because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you go through something like that and you're watching a person that you care about, die. Yeah. You know, like we're all dying, but like, you know, you know,
2: you know, that the end they're, is there,
1: they're dwindling away. Right? right. And that was a time in my life where I, my career was taking off. I was at radio Disney, like things were really great and I regret making myself so busy. Yeah. Like the last two weeks that she was alive, I came over every other night and spent the night here with my mom Um, and came over before work and, you know, did things, but I had so much other time, mm-hmm. you know, like we wait until yeah we, they're almost gone instead of spending time with them when they can actually do things. And so all of these scenes of her, you know, like come out, You know, I'm in the snow and she's looking up at the sky Mm -hmm. and he finally just goes out and I'm like, Yay, he went out there, you know? (laughs) And then he was like serious for a minute. And then I loved it when she turned around and he's like, just be careful. He was getting mad at her that she didn't have shoes on. And then he threw a snowball at her. And I was just like, I loved that moment. And there were so Mm -hmm. many things that I caught this time that I watched it than the first time that I had watched it because it was just it was too hard yeah, to yeah. watch it the um, first time, yeah. you know, because you want to be the one that saves them. But at the same time, all they want is time with you, yeah. you know? And so it's, it's, I was just so frustrated at him really. Cause I'm just frustrated at myself that I didn't, I wasn't there. Like my mom had cancer for 10 years. She's lucky. Wow. You know what I mean? Like she found out she had cancer and she lived for 10 Years.
2: That's incredible.
1: And there were times that she didn't even feel like she had cancer. She's like, I feel like I was misdiagnosed because she was going to work and doing all these things. So we took that time for granted. Sure. You know, and you get busy in your life. And so that's the one thing I loved that they showed in this movie is that Mm -hmm. is that he was making himself so busy. And then his his mentor or boss or Mm -hmm. um, if I said, what are you doing here? Like what she's in the hospital alone. Like you left yeah. her alone, and all he's thinking is he's doing the right thing because he's trying to save her, but really he needs to be with her. And yeah. I thought that was such a good message.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and I don't know which is harder, Val, because I lost my mom really suddenly, um, and and basically it was just over a day, and and it's so hard because it's like you almost wish that you would have known that it was coming. So you could have spent more time, but at the same time, it's like, I think that's just as difficult. I think it's hard
1: either way. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's ever easy losing someone that you care about. Um, Recently I lost a friend, like a coworker um, Mm -hmm. that nobody knew he was going to pass. He had kidney failure, young kid, 35, two amazing young children. Um, And it was like we had no idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't I don't think it's ever easy. And I think that this movie that's is, is so great because instead of spending time trying to live on forever, whatever that means for you. hmm. If you spend time in the moment, like even the conquistador, when he heads out there, like nothing is more important than finding that. He kills so many people. He ruins so many relationships. He goes Mm -hmm. beyond what he would do as a normal human being Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of this for her. Yeah. And but what if instead of doing that, they did something else? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like how. Important, what are you willing to give up for this? Right. And mm-hmm. I really liked that message, but I have to say my favorite thing about this movie was the coloring.
0: oh yeah, the Beautiful. coloring
1: yeah. and how yeah. they told the story with the coloring in this mm-hmm. movie there were po- there were points like when he's going through the hospital and just the coloring coming in from the different rooms makes you feel um, like you're in a futuristic area, but you're not like, this yeah. is not a futuristic thing, but they're trying to make you really feel outside of what the norm is.
2: Well, and mm-hmm. the thing that I love, and, and you hit the nail on the head for me, Val, is that the first time we see the conquistador, he's in silhouette. The first time we see the modern day guy, he's in silhouette at yep. his desk. The first time mm-hmm. we see the spaceman, he's in silhouette by the tree and it's every time it starts dark, but it gets lighter. And mm-hmm. that is, is an analogy of his character mm-hmm. gaining insight and gaining mm-hmm. knowledge and getting closer to the truth or to the light. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean like the scene where he's, where he meets with the queen and they have like the lights on either she side. She passes the ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Beautiful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She's yeah. ethereal. Like you just, oh. just. And so much of her, it's like, it's interesting too. Cause they overexpose her mm-hmm. or like, well, she's exposed correctly, yeah. but the background behind yeah. her is overexposed a lot, which you can easily blow somebody out and they don't with her. And I think that's really, really.
1: It's really reminiscent yeah. too. Here. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out. I knew I threw a way far one out last week.
0: No, the last very, one made total sense. I'm sure. This very, too.
1: very reminiscent. <laughs> of the never ending story when yes. he goes to me yeah. and she's in the very blown mm-hmm. out background because mm-hmm. they are in this.
0: I had not made that connection. I'm trying to connect. No, you. that's, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's great. I, I'm going to go with the connection because <laughs> one of the things that I kind of struggled with this movie a little bit was, and this is similar to, to never ending story. I've always felt when I watched never ending story that this is like this really isolated, place that's not connected to any bigger larger world and I felt that in this movie too like I felt like the conquistador storyline even the the modern day storyline and then the the few like there was no connection to anything outside it was all very isolated from everything else that was going on right and I think that that was an intentional thing um I just don't know that I cared for it very much
1: okay when you are going through something like this, I know that my mom when when she would share her feelings with me felt very alone. You feel very isolated mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. even from the people that you shouldn't and and what I think showed me that isolation the, a few times is when they're actually out in public. So she goes to that museum
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: movie and the mm-hmm. lighting makes you feel like they're the only ones there, right? Yeah. And then right. all of a sudden a whole bunch of kids go past but mm-hmm. then Mm -hmm. Then it zooms in like right after the kids go past it zooms in on that. And you've got these shadow lights that are just on them, you know, and, and, and I think it's meant to make you feel like, There is nothing else going on because he he feels he doesn't see anything outside of what he's he doesn't see other people and Mm -hmm. what their feelings are and what they're doing. like He's working with a whole group of people that are trying to do the same thing, but it's all about what he wants. And they keep telling him, you're you're not seeing it. You're out of, you know, the depth of what we you're out of bounds. You're you know, so I think you, Jake, I think you're not supposed to feel comfortable with it.
2: Yeah. And and those are, there's only two scenes that are not filmed on a soundstage and it's the museum and it's the funeral. And those are the only two things that aren't filmed on a soundstage, the whole Mayan jungle. Um, And it, and it feels that way, which to me works. Um, And, and Darren Aronofsky said, when they had to, when they had to break the film down to make budget, they had to drop a lot of stuff. And he said it really made them focus on what is the story that we're trying to tell and how do we tell that in the most, economic way possible. And and Jake, you mentioned it when we first, we didn't mention it in the podcast, but when we first discussed it, you're like, okay, it's an hour and a half. I can, you know, it's a short movie, but it feels longer. longer.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: it, especially it when does, it's like three o'clock in the morning and you're watching it by yourself.
0: It does. It does feel longer at parts, but that doesn't bother me all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mind a movie that's longer when there's a point to it, when they're being methodical about it, when that's part of the pacing and the storytelling and, and things like that. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it when it's long, just to be long. This movie isn't long and it does feel longer, but I think that's because it is told at the pace that it's told. Right. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. is not this quick, high paced, hard hitting um, story. It, it's very methodical and Mm -hmm. almost brutally slow on purpose to Mm -hmm. tell the story until it gets to the very end and then once it clicks to him on what it means to finish the story and then all three kind of storylines meld into one then it goes really quick like that happens Mm -hmm. and there's like 10 minutes left in the movie and all that hits all of a sudden But that's so jarring because the rest of the movie was so intentionally paced the way that it was, and I don't think that's a negative. For me, it wasn't a negative in this particular film.
2: I I totally get that, and and uh, I didn't. I I started to mention this before, but I didn't, and I meant to. It was when we saw Quantum Mania. Like I'm like, there's nothing in Quantum Mania that like visually wowed me. Like I'm like, you have so much creative freedom. Except Moloch. Well, yes, this I mean, is true. That obviously <laughs> was visually welling, <laughs> but in terms of like the the visual backgrounds, like there's nothing in yeah. there that I was like, oh my gosh. And and in this movie, it is. And I think it's so interesting that it was filmed in a petri dish, as opposed to the the only CGI. Like they, like I said, they they twist stuff, they distort it, they warp it. But the only scene that they really did a lot of CGI for was when the flowers bloom out of out of the Conquistador because he drinks from the tree of life and the, and the mm-hmm. flowers burst forth and he becomes the first father. Um, the rest of it though is, is all organic. And and those moments stick with me more than anything I saw in the millions of dollars that was spent in quantum mania.
0: Yeah. And this is, this is the thing that goes back and forth with uh, special effects versus CGI. Like, uh, practical effects versus CGI and things like that is, you know, do we appreciate the practical effects in Star Wars more than we do the CGI in Star Wars? Cause let's face it, there's both in mm-hmm. the franchise mm-hmm. and and things like that. I, I think there's just a certain amount of filmmaking, different styles of filmmaking involved yeah. in both. And when I look at something like quantum mania gives us a world and, and I don't, uh, I don't know that you necessarily need to compare these two movies because they are so very different, but just in a visual sense, it gives us this really fantastical world. But when I know that it's all CGI, that it's all generated by computer, like it makes it more run of the mill because so many movies today are that this gives us this visual amazing stuff. That's not CGI yeah, but it makes you feel it. I, I don't know. There's just something about that style that's very appealing, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to come down on the high budget films of today because I right. enjoy those. Right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But there's just something and about that kind that of filmmaking. Those, the people that work on those effects are incredibly talented. Absolutely. And I'm not saying they're less talented, but there's just, I don't know. This this felt like. <sighs> it felt earned is the only word I can think of as opposed. It just felt more organic. I I believed it. I was, I'm like, wow, that is really cool. And I love seeing it on the big screen because uh, it was shot on film and it was present at the time it was presented on film, projected on film. And there's just something about that experience that, and I think that's why the Mandalorian works so well is because they meld the physical and the, and the CGI. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, it's 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 definitely a movie that that uh, it takes time and it sits with you. It's not one that you can just be like, and I, I posted it on Facebook. I'm like, hey, it's Friday night. I'm going to watch this art film. But there are times where it is. That's what I do want to do. Sometimes, you know, I do want to have yeah. just a quiet well, night with something
0: that makes me think. Yeah, and there is something great about like I I haven't stopped thinking about this film since I watched it because. Nice. Like, what is the symbolism? What does it mean? What, you know. And it and it pulls from a lot of different
2: types of stories. It's got biblical stuff. It's got um, mythological yeah. stuff. It's like, but I love that. It's kind of like this mixture of all these things telling this story that we can all relate to.
0: The one thing I, I wish that wasn't in it was when he started tattooing the ring on his hand because I just can't, like, I had to look away. I was like, no, just, don't poke your hand with the pen
1: that's when Dave was like oh what is what
2: I'm gonna lean forward now <laughs> I thought no, of he doesn't he doesn't appreciate
1: work. he doesn't appreciate that kind of tattooing either but um,
2: um, yeah be, don't
1: tattoo yourself with a pen and yeah eat. yeah yeah not yeah. a good idea
2: and dirt yeah, yeah. um it made me it, it kind of made me think of I watched a really interesting documentary about like the the Aboriginal tattoos. Yeah, so you know, it's like a needle with a stick. Uh huh. And they just
0: I, yeah. Just, if you oh. want some pain. Oh, I don't. But I, <laughs> I think I think the end result is amazing. Yeah. Some of those designs and tattoos that they have are just really stunning. Yeah.
1: Just like in Moana when they're doing that, and he's like, "I'm am I almost done?" And they just start, and she's like, "Yeah, you're you're close." <laughs> just he only has like two. Yeah,
2: that's painful so i mean and i want to and i again it seems weird to choose this one as a birthday and next next birthday will be much uh no i think happier, but... that's
1: what movies that make us is about is it's yeah. not movies that make us happy that's not our show right it's movies right. that make us who we are yeah and and i think everybody has a movie from almost any genre that they that makes them think like one of my favorite movies is saving private ryan i wouldn't say that's a happy movie but i love that movie and i can watch it over and over schindler's list freaking Mm -hmm. amazing movie not happy movie you know um and i know those are both blockbusters yes i also love independent films as well those are just the first ones that came off the top of my head um but you know uh the fact that i will go from creed to to Pride and Prejudice, like yeah. those are two movies that I would watch on a weekly basis if I could. So
0: yeah. I make a good uh, metaphorical connection. I and I think to me it's like when you go on a trip, you go out of town or something and and we've all been there and you're eating out every night because that's mm-hmm. what you do on a trip. And then you come home and you have that like home cooked meal. You like the food you were eating on the trip. It was delicious. But then having that home cooked it's just kind of a palate cleanser kind
2: mm-hmm. of, and it
0: just feel, it just tastes that much better. So it was great talking about the James Bond movies and the Creed movies and those were fun and those were great, but then it was also nice. It's nice to put on a movie where you sit down to watch it and you think, okay, this is going to be a very different experience, but I'm here for it. And I, yeah. I think that was a good thing.
2: Well, and, and I I like the fact that we can talk about these different movies and I, and it, I, it frustrates me too because it seems like now studios are only going to be making really big tent pole movies and we mm-hmm. don't have these kind of mid range dramas. And I think more of the, and I, I it's interesting because I've been watching Ryan Johnson's poker face. Um, I rewatched uh, yellow jackets recently. I've really enjoyed shrinking on Apple TV with Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel. And to me, I think there's more interesting creative work happening on TV than there is in the movies, in the theatrical releases. Well, and I mean, it's mean, that so We do have
1: cause... A24 and Neon yeah, that come oh, out every year that yeah. has something. And it's nice to see that those movies are now getting more play and yeah. showing up, um, you know, in, I don't think award shows, aren't that important. Um, where it used to be, if it was nominated, people would go see everything that was nominated. That's what they saw. I don't think it's as important as it used to be, but it's still nice because Hollywood pays attention to that. And, um, the money pays attention to that. And so when we see these, these stories that are, that are different, that they're off the cuff, um, and taking chances, um, hitting the mainstream, um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's really good but i all of those shows that you mentioned are great. I haven't seen yellow jackets yet, but it's on my list but I definitely you, you know and
2: Dave and sammy are gonna enjoy that show. okay I will put yeah. that on my list but yeah <laughs>
1: i I definitely think stuff like the last of us is probably some of the best mm-hmm. I want to say filmmaking just because each episode yes. there has been some episodes in the last of us that could have been a standalone 100%. movie hundred percent. Um, and Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's, it makes my job a lot harder because I have a lot more to see because now we have Netflix, Amazon, Paramount, Apple Apple. plus making all of these amazing things that I have to review what a hard life I live. (laughs) But, um, it used to be just what's in theaters. And now it's like a hundred times more things, Um, but yeah.
2: Shoot. What was I going to say? Sorry. Oh no, it's okay. It'll come back. But, um, yeah. I just, I, I, I love champion the little, I mean, 35 million is still, especially in 2006, it's still a big budget movie, but right. I, I, but I like movies that take chances and that explore things that we don't necessarily think of. And as much as I love the, the superhero genre and the silly comedy or whatever, there's, there is room in there for things that just, work on a metaphorical level. And that's the thing too. Don't go into this thinking it's a plot heavy film. It, it And I should have kind of given you a heads up, Jake, it is much more of an allegory and a mm-hmm. metaphor than a plot. I mean, there is plot, there is story, but yeah. Yeah. Are you great.
0: Yeah. Let's do I mean, great.
2: Has anything else to. No,
0: yeah. I think I think we've, we've covered quite a bit on it. I I'll start with the grades. I, I think this is... I'm glad I watched the movie. I think I may want to revisit it at some point. It's probably not one I'm going to go pop on right now. Um, but... There is a lot... It is very artistic. It does take a lot of risks. And I think a lot of them pay off. In how it looks. And I think... I think he told the story he wanted to tell. Um, so... Uh, Overall, though, I'm going to give it a B. That's not a bad grade, but it's definitely not one that... Like, if it was on, and I'm cruising through the channels, I don't know that I would stop and watch it. But I also wouldn't turn it off if somebody wanted to watch it, or, you know what I mean? or (laughs)
2: Like,
0: it's it's good, and I'm glad that I watched it. I don't regret watching it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, for me, it... It's a B minus for me, Um, still a B in the B category. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it is a visually beautiful movie to watch. I do think the acting was fantastic. And I do like all the risks that he took for me. um, And I'm going to throw out Quentin Quentin Tarantino for a minute here. Um, I'm not a fan of Quentin Tarantino's work, but I feel like um, what he does is he takes something like this where you're t- telling several different stories at one time and you make it so that the 90% of people that watch film, not the 10% of us that really did, you know, dig deep. Dig in. yeah. The, the 90% don't need an explanation to get it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And so if it wasn't that, this would be a B plus for me. Um, oh. But I feel like, um, I definitely think there's a place for this kind of film. I think there people will lo- there's a lot of people that really love this kind of film. Um for me, I do love it, but I also don't think and I had to be this way cuz there's a couple other movies that we've seen this year so far that mm-hmm. I felt the same way about if I need an explanation or if I need to see another movie for this movie to make sense for me, there's just a little something missing. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like his transitions in between these three different worlds and how they interact with each other could have been a little more, um, I don't know, a little more thought out or transitional. I don't know what it is, but just Mm -hmm. a little more, I don't know. I just, I feel like there was something that he maybe could have done that was outside of his own mind that he could have done so that a a mass audience could accept it. But Mm -hmm. I know and I say that knowing I don't want every movie to be for a mass audience or commercial. That's not like that's not what I'm saying. But I want more of a mass audiences to come to these films and not be turned away. And I feel like that if somebody who has never seen a film like this before were to come and watch it they may not take a chance on another similar yeah. film because they didn't get it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so I just think there was, I don't know what he could have done, but I just wanted more of a, of a trans translation between these three places mm-hmm. for a bigger mm-hmm. audience. Mm-hmm. That's, and if it, if that was there, it would have been a higher grade because all in all, I think the mu- the movie is beautiful, not just visually, but Beautiful as the movie, what it's saying, what it's right. telling, all the risks that it took. Um, but but it might turn people off to go, mm-hmm. coming to see more movies like this.
2: Yeah, yeah. And like I said, this is not necessarily an easy film. Yeah. You've got to be kind of in the right mindset, the mm-hmm. right mood.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it From the beginning, it, it struck a chord with me. And mm-hmm. I totally see where both of you are coming from. And I agree with what you're saying. Um, I never had a problem with the transitions, Um, the more that I see it, the more it it enriches for me. Um, We didn't even talk about the score and it's one of my favorite scores of all time. Mm -hmm. And when we talked, we talked a little bit about how they would have certain lines and certain visual motifs repeated throughout these stories. It's the same thing with the music And, and just get a really, really good set of headphones and listen to Death is the Road to Awe because that has so much dynamic range And it starts off just slow and quiet, and it builds to this crescendo, and then it drops again, and then it rebuilds. And there are bits and pieces of that particular song throughout the different songs and the different timelines. Um, This one just really resonates for me. It's one that challenges me. It it excites me. It interests me. Um, It's one that, for whatever reason, it just hit me and continues to do so. So this one to me is an A+.
0: Awesome. All right. There you go. You may have heard of the fountain. You may have seen it before. Hopefully this conversation will lead you to want to either watch it the first time or watch it again. Um, Check it out. I I think it's worth checking out. Um, thank you for your support. Please follow us on whatever podca- podcast platform uh, you listen on or subscribe to our YouTube channel or do both. I mean, why not? Um, following is free just so you know. Subscribing <laughs> also free. Uh, we appreciate your support in any form uh, and until next time we won't see you at the movies. Bye. <laughs>